Hello, Bulls fans. Welcome to the CHGO Bulls podcast, presented to you, as always, by our friends over at PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. I'm Mark K from Australia, and joining me, as always, is my good friend, Will Power Gottlieb. How are you, sir? What was that? And what was the middle Will name Power there? Will Power Gottlieb. Power. Power. All right. Do you know who Will Power is? I'll take is? it. No, I don't. He's an, uh, an Australian, uh, I, I was going to say F1 driver. He's not an F1 driver, but he just recent, uh, recently won the uh, the IndyCar series. The, he's world champion, I suppose, of the IndyCar series. Well, good for him. This is this must be how you feel when I make baseball <laughs> or football analogies on the show. Oh, you, I just assumed you uh, you're a big uh, motorsport fan, a big IndyCar fan. You strike me as one. Maybe you know. I like <laughs> I'm like kind of into the Bears this season. My Cubs fandom, which was once very strong, has now waned. I just like I'm too exhausted by Chicago sports right now. It's so it's so depressing. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, on the CHGO sports podcast, Kevin Kadick, who is our head of content, uh, Mm -hmm. hosts just like an all sports uh, Chicago sports podcast. And they did today like a power ranking of Chicago franchises that have the brightest futures. And I don't know if you saw this, but if you had to guess, well, actually, you probably don't even know what the other franchises are. The Chicago Bulls were ranked number one on the brightest futures. How depressing wow. is that? That is, and we'll talk We'll talk all about Lonzo today, but like that, something is something is wrong here. The Sox yeah. were three, Red Stars two. I don't know a thing about the Red Stars, sorry. Cubs, no, Bears, Sky, who were like a year removed from winning the championship and conference finalists. At six, which seems a little strange to me, but they are old. And then the Blackhawks and the Chicago Fire, which I don't know anything about. I only have time for one sport, and that's basketball. That's the Bulls, who apparently have the brightest future in all of Chicago sports. I mean, I, I definitely don't agree with that. But having said that, I don't, I don't, I don't really know much about any. any other I don't know anything about any of these other sports, but I can tell you for sure that is wrong. <laughs> Well, that's what I was about to ask. Like, did they just default fall into that position because everyone else is so shit? <laughs> well, like even the Bears, I don't want to like get too deep into it, but like they're really young for the most part, and they have yeah. like double the amount of cap space next year of mm. any other team in the league. Like, I would much rather have a twenty-three-year-old quarterback and like some cool, fun young players and a high draft pick and a ton of cap space than be out two future first-round picks, have your starting point guard out for who knows how long. And your best player is age thirty three, so that's just me. Yeah, I mean, what what are, what's Bears ownership like uh, compared to the the Bulls? Are they uh... it's just as bad. Okay, well that's not ideal. Oh, anyways, well let's talk about the. Let's uh... talk about it. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about the the team with the most upside in Chicago sports, the bright future Bulls. <laughs> Having bright said that, now I have to Bulls. find a way to segue out of talking about the bright future of the Bulls. And as you sort of alluded to, we were like, I guess we're going to a dark place straight away. We're talking about Lonzo Ball's uh, absence, a, a topic that I feel like you and I have talked about like literally every week for the last six to eight weeks that we've been doing these Bulls HQ Fridays here on CHGO. But I don't know, like it, it makes sense at the same time. Like it's it's a massive storyline. It's obviously a story that continues to gain momentum, continues to add new elements to the story as we learned recently this week. Like I think it was yesterday that we learned um that he's effectively out for another four to six weeks he's getting an, another surgery uh, uh i can't say the word that, that they're doing what is it debridement is that the word debridement debridement, debridement. So, debridement. exactly so they're, they're going in there they're trying to find some i guess the source of the issue here hopefully that resolves the issue that he's been experiencing the, the constant pain that he's been feeling uh i guess we can frame it in a positive way if we like um, but nonetheless, I guess it's another injury to Lonzo, another surgery to Lonzo. More time, or more uh, more time that he'll be missing the uh, miss, missing training camp, missing preseason, missing likely the start of the regular season. So it's a four to six week of a reevaluation period. So who the hell knows if he's even back in four to six weeks? It could potentially be longer, and I imagine it will be given his previous injury or surgery was meant to be a a four to six or six to eight six to eight week injury. I can't even remember at this point, but the, it was meant to be a short term thing and. We obviously know that's uh, developed into a nine-month overlay. So I guess the point is we'll wait and see what happens with Lonzo, but media day is just around the corner. It's a couple days away. You will certainly be there, I'd imagine. I'm tipping that you, 
virtually every other single beat uh, beat guy that will be on the deck will be asking the team about Lonzo Ball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is this is sort of the biggest stories, but I think in some ways the story has kind of answered itself here with this news yesterday. Um, before we get into it, I just want to give a quick plug to our show from yesterday, from Thursday, when you guys are hearing this. Uh, we had a orthopedic surgeon who specializes in sports injury uh, at UCSF in San Francisco, uh, Dr. Nirav Pandya. He came on our show and sort of explained what arthroscopic debridement is. Essentially, uh, it makes sense to do this procedure at this point because we don't have a solution. Like there has been persistent pain, as we all know, and nothing on MRIs or x-rays has shown up as the source of the problem. There's no structural damage, as we can see on some of these reports. And so basically, this is a scope that will go in and try to find the source of the problem to find some issue. And then the debridement part of it is basically saying that they'll scrape it out or clean up loose bodies or whatever it may be. So all this to say, the hope here is that they find something and that they can handle it. And then maybe we are talking about, you know, obviously I, I think four to six weeks is, is not going to happen. Um, that's a reevaluation period, as you pointed out. But, you know, if they find something that is causing the pain and they can solve it, maybe he does come back. I, I would love, you know, if he's even back by January, that would be huge. So uh, I do think just having this happen, I'm glad that they sort of announced it yesterday because, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't want to show up to media day and just say, what's up with Lonzo? Like somebody give me an answer. And yeah, so yeah. even though we don't have a specific here's what went wrong and we won't until he has the surgery on September 28th, it is good that there's a new plan in place. This does not solve the problem necessarily. They could find nothing there. And then, yeah. you know, he's, we're at a loss. We're back to square one. Um, but for me, it sucks that he has to go back into the surgery room. It sucks that he wasn't able to resolve the issue on his own through strengthening, strengthening, resting and conditioning. Um, but I do find some sense of, you know, relief, I guess you could say, just in the fact that they're like, they're taking action again. I hear you on that, but at the same time, and, and whilst we have answers to certain things in the sense that we've got an answer now that there is a course of plan, there is uh, steps to be taken here, and 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 we have some some more uh, substantive news rather than you know if and wondering and what the hell's going to happen next with Lonzo. Like at least there's something that has occurred. We know that there's a plan in place. There's clearly activities around this that will support his his surgery, but to me. All it, really, all it really does is replace the existing questions that we did have with a set of new questions. So, I mean, I'm, I'm tipping on media day, like, you know, to, to Billy Donovan, for example, he's going to be asked, who starts in place of Lonzo? How do you change your offense? How do you change your defense? We'll, and we'll touch on these topics a little bit later too. But I think one of the, um, you know, the questions now turn to, and you sort of alluded to that, alluded to, to it before, like, what happens if you find nothing after four to six weeks or you have the surgery and after four to six weeks, he's not ready to go again. Then what happens then? Or, you know, questions of that nature. So it, it's, it's good that this surgery has maybe replaced the, the general, what the hell is happening with Lonzo type questions, but that doesn't stop the questions coming from yourself and, uh, and other big guys to, to understand. Like another question I would imagine that you, you would ask Will is like, why do this now? Why, why do this now instead of, say, the start of September or start of August? Or Mark, you clearly it. haven't listened to the podcast we finished recording 20 minutes ago because we no, answered all of these questions. <laughs> but well, it's I a good like, one, and I think it, it's it's an important question uh, to ask. I think the answer is basically, and Casey Johnson reported this in his story, kind of dropped it in um, among the weeds that you know the Bulls had optimism that he was going to be able to return as recently as mid-August. So I don't think they ever wanted to do this. The The goal is to always avoid surgery if you can. He had periods where he was progressing. He had periods where uh, it was it was getting sore and he wasn't able to do as much. And you get up to the start of the season here and it's like, well, do we have to address this in, in sort of a operating room? And I think that's finally the decision they came to. I don't think this was ever like, you know, a delayed, well, let's just kick it down the road. We know it's going to happen, but let's, let's do it in August. Well, let's just do it in September. Um, I think, you know, this was always as recently as, you know, 
when they ruled him out for the season, people started wondering, I think fairly, if he was going to need another procedure. He kept, Lonzo kept saying, the Bulls kept saying, that was not going to need to happen. And um, it did. They they do need to have it. So uh, I don't think it was ever a plan for them to do it now as opposed to earlier. Uh, I think the goal was to, to avoid it altogether. That, that's one way to spin it, I would say. But at the same time, if I'm not mistaken, I think Darnell um, of The Athletic wrote in around August time that, that Lonzo may be headed for another surgery. And I guess, yeah, if you have optimism that he may be back by August, okay, that's good. But at the same time, are you listening to the words you're saying, uh, Bulls, by, by saying that, that you're expecting a guy who is meant to be out for six weeks, let's say, to now be back in August? Should that not already be, should you not already be thinking about follow-up procedures at that point? and not still being optimistic that the guy might come back seven months after when he had surgery rather than, you know, seven weeks as an example. So yeah, but this, that may this be isn't their response. The Bulls, but... This isn't the Bulls' decision. I mean, this is Lonzo's body. He's got to be the one that decides to – like the Bulls have uh, they have like a part in the discussion, but like uh, ultimately yeah. this is Lonzo's body. That, that's fair, and, and uh, I certainly – I'm not trying to discount that element of, of what you've noted there, but at the same time, like the what I, the, the previous comment I just make sort of applies to Lonzo as well. Like, if you're if you're going seven months into it, like why are you being optimistic around it coming good when you're still experiencing pain on and off type thing? Why would you not maybe I don't know why would you not want to have a surgery a little bit earlier on if there are other options out there to explore? Um, but you know, look, it's, it's not my body. I'm not running the team. I'm not Lonzo. So you make a fair point there. But yeah, like I said, I think the 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 series of questions that were maybe on your on your notebook to to ask Billy, AK, whoever it may be, I think they're you're not you're not you're not removing that page, so to speak. You're just essentially replacing those questions with with a set of new questions, and then it's going to be interesting sure. to see what they say. So um, I, I'm hoping they give us something substantial. I'm tipping AK won't because more generally, I think he's really bad at the whole media thing, and whether that's by design or whether that's um, just the way he is. Like I, I, I hope it's he's just boring and plain in in, um, in in presses because he just doesn't want to give too much information away rather than just being a boring and plain guy. But um, I mean, who am I to speak? I, I am a boring and plain guy, so maybe that is the case. And good on him for being that. But nonetheless, uh, I'm, I'm hoping for the Bulls to to give us a lot, of, give us some detail here. I guess we haven't heard a lot from them more generally. Like all of this. All we've heard from them is basically a couple of lines here at Summer League, essentially. Everything else has been innu- innuendo, speculative reporting, those sorts of things. I actually want to hear from them, uh, hear from Lonzo. I'm assuming Lonzo will be at Media Day, and hopefully that's the case. But uh, we shall find out. But, Will, I'm, I'm, I'm tipping you you're going to be asking some some pointed basketball questions to the likes of Billy Donovan as well in relation to life without Lonzo. So whether it's you, whether it's um, KC, Rob, um, the guy at Chicago Sports, uh, Chicago Sun Times. Um, I'm, I'm imagining someone's going to be asking uh, Billy Donovan, like, "What do you do without Lonzo? Who starts without him? What, what do you think his response is going to be to that question?" I think you know we did this the other day when we talked about who we'd pr- protect in a fantasy draft, and I think for me it's kind of come into the same reasoning, and that would be you just keep your best players. You just you play your best players, and that's Caruso. Um, I'm excited about IO and the quote unquote monster off season that he's having. Uh, I'm excited to see what that means. I'm excited to ask him what that means. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you play your best players. I don't really care though about starting lineups. Like I get that some people care about that. I get that players probably care about that. What matters to me is closing units and Caruso will certainly be the closing point guard defending uh, just about everybody because nobody else in that lineup can. But I think, you know, there's an argument to be made for Io. I think he is going to develop a little bit. I think he'll be better than last year. He's more complete as a player than Kobe or Dragic. Um, better defender. Hopefully he can create a little bit more on ball. But yeah, I, I think Dragic is going to be used as more of a bench piece in spurts. I don't know about this 20 minutes per game thing. I think Kobe is fine as a off-ball scorer but they don't really need that in the starting lineup they need a guy who can defend and move the ball and when you sort of look at that from look at it from that perspective i think caruso is really the best possible option uh certainly to end games but i think starting as well 
Yeah, I, I, we've, we've hit on this topic, you and I, before. And, um, you know, we were tossing back and forward as to, you know, should it be Io, should it be Caruso? We ultimately landed on the, the position that it's going to be one of those guys. It's not going to be Kobe. It's not going to be um, Dragic. Like, that doesn't necessarily make sense. So it, it is going to be one, one of those guys. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see if Billy is um, forthcoming with it, what his actual plan is or whether he'll you know, suggest that maybe it'll go to or he'll leave it up until, you know, training camp to decide. I, I'm, I'm tipping he'll be coined in answering that question and in running that line without uh, assigning a particular point guard. That would be my guess just because it leaves more variability for him to, to make make up his mind, more, more time for him to make up his mind, I guess. So that I would think be the my bigger, guess. The bigger question is like how he avoids answering the question as opposed yeah, to yeah. if he'll have it. Like he won't yeah. even say his starting lineup to yeah, the media yeah, yeah. 20 minutes before game time like the the we had uh tim sinclair who's the public address mm. um guy for the bulls who does like the starting lineups and all that mm. on our show on tuesday and like he gets it five ten minutes before a tip so billy just never shares that kind of thing i think we can all assume you know derozan levine patrick and Vuj will be in the starting lineup so we don't really have any questions there but i don't expect to hear anything definitive from billy uh, on on Monday, I think that the only two real options though are Io and Caruso, and for the reasons I stated, I think it's got to be Caruso. Yeah, and look, just to add some meat to the bone there, I mean, for, through the first forty odd games of the season, uh, not to not to suggest Caruso played all of them because he didn't because he missed games with injury or COVID or whatever the situation was, but um, he led the team in net rating through those set of games by a wide margin. And thereafter, Caruso was Javante Green and DeMar DeRozan. So he had a, a, a plus 8.4 net rating when he was on the court during the, the Bulls' peak season, or, but the Bulls' peak period, rather, of last season. So I don't know how it can't be Caruso. Billy loves Caruso. I've, I've mentioned before on the show why I think it's very important to put someone like Caruso in the mix with guys like Pat DeMar, Levine, and Vooch, you know, four quiet guys, four guys who aren't necessarily going to be talking a lot on defense. So I, I'm guessing Billy wants to do that. I don't think he's going to admit that or suggest as much on media day, but we have to ask the questions. And by we, I say, I mean, more so you, because I definitely won't be asking him the questions. So through proxy, through William, I'm hoping you will be. But um, look, let's continue talking about Lonzo, media day, all that sort of stuff, because there's going to be more questions that are going to be asked of Billy, of AK, of Lonzo, to be fair, on media day. But first, William, can you tell our friends about Green Ridge Farms? I can, and I will. Greenridge Farms is a delicious meats provider from Chicago. They do local meats and cheeses, and uh, it's delicious. They they brought some stuff by the office. Matt Peck cannot stop talking about it, and that is how you know it is legit. They make deli meats, sausages, and they're most famous for their meat sticks. They're perfect for the tailgate, uh, or any tailgate, but especially our tailgate, which will be happening this Sunday before Bears Texans, uh, which you can find tickets for on allchdo.com. Uh, they're fantastic for uh, post-workout snack, lunches, you know, after-school snacks, whatever it may be. A uh, ton of protein and just super easy to take on the go. Uh, they've got flavors like chicken, black forest beef, jalapeno cheddar, and spicy chili. Right now, when you order any three meat products from greenridgefarms.com, they will include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, and those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO when you check out. Uh, definitely give them a try. People are raving about it, and I think it'll be worth tasting. Definitely. And look, well, I had a, a gym session yesterday, the first in a long time. And do you know what I did after that session? You had some meat sticks. I got my hand on the biggest stick of meat you could have seen. And I wish it would have been Green Ridge Farms. I can't get them over here in Australia. But if I could, it would have been a Green Ridge, a Green Ridge Farms meat stick because that's what you definitely need post-workout. Post so um, You want to yeah. get your protein in however you can. You got to get the meat That's it. A big stick of meat. <laughs> but, stick um, of meat in your face hole, I think, is a quote that Matt Peck said on, uh, uh, on the show on I'm, Tuesday. I'm sure he does that yep. often. Yeah. Well, well can, can, you know, can we pivot from um, big sticks of meat to um, some game time, some tickets, some big yeah. sticks of tickets via our friends big at game sticks. time? <laughs> For those that aren't aware, game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever 
to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you've ever dreamed of sitting uh, courtside at a basketball game, if you want to go see, you know, the, the bright future Bulls, the, the 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 team in Chicago that has that has the the brightest future. If you want to sit courtside. <laughs> If you want to be behind home plate, behind you know watching a Cubs or Sox team that doesn't have so much of a bright future compared to the Bulls. If you want to go to a, the you know a concert, get floor seats at a concert, whatever it may be, all of that is possible via the Game Time app. Get last minute price drops on all of these seats, and you could save yourself, William, up to sixty percent off. That's how good Game no Time way. is. Yeah, so that, that's that's how amazing it is, and for, particularly for like someone like me, if I was to come over to the US or our friends. Uh, from the UK who tune in and support the Bulls or anyone globally. We, we talk about this team being a global a global brand, a global franchise. There's so many uh, Bulls fans abroad who are going to be making their way over to Chicago this season to catch the Bulls play live. I'm tipping that they're going to be using the game time app to get their hands on some last-minute tickets. And if they're not, I'm telling them now that they should do that. And the way to do that is to join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and by doing so, you can score yourself the best seats available to all these favorite events, whether it's the Bulls, the Cubs, the White Sox, whatever the situation may be. Our Bears this week playing the tech, uh, the Texans. If you need to get some tickets, jump on the Game Time app. So, you know, what do you do? It. Use the URL in the description of this podcast episode. Get your hands on the Game Time app. Download it like 15 million other people have, and you can score some good, good savings on all your favorite events. So we're, I'm I'm I'm, work, I'm workshopping this 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 tagline for this particular ad read. And Dave, if you're listening, I don't know if you're listening to to HQ Fridays, but um, I'm thinking, what? Tell me what you think about this one. If it's time to game, will use the game time app. Does that ring? If it's time to game, Matt seems pretty adamant about game time. <gasps> but I think I like. Yeah, well, that's better. what meathead a meathead like him would say that. But uh, yeah, I'm workshopping a little bit more. A little bit, something a little bit more classy. So, Dave, if you want, if you want to read that, or if you want to make it more, you know, maybe you know, Joey won't make it into it. a graphic. Yeah, Joey. If you, yeah, exactly. If Joey wants to make it into a graphic, I, I've just been workshopping it. I, I think it's, there's something there, but um, I'm no ad man, so maybe Dave can t- tell me otherwise. He's the ad man of us. Forward. I think I think we're both getting better. We didn't do any ads on HQ, but I think we're both improving slowly but surely. Uh, improving from terrible to extremely mediocre. Is that where we've gone to? Yeah, I mean it's it's progress. That's progress, baby. I would love to be <laughs> mediocre at ad reads. I would love to be mediocre. You know what you're not mediocre at? Ask some questions that? at Media Day. You're gonna be fantastic at it. I know that. Thanks, I know dude. for a fact that that's I need the support good. sometimes. Uh, well, I know, I know it's I know it's true. I, I, I can feel it. I know it. Deep in my bones, you're gonna be asking great questions about Lonzo Ball at Media Day. And I'm tipping one of the questions you're going to be asking, Will, because there'll be some guys there asking like the superficial stuff, the high level stuff, like how does Lonzo, you know, what what is life without Lonzo? But you're going to be asking the real pointed basketball question because you like to get into the detail. And that's why I like you, Will. And that's why the fans like listening to you. So you're going to be asking about things about the dynamics of the offense without Lonzo, how you do replace this or that. How does the, the team's defensive philosophy change without Lonzo? So when you're asking these questions, Will, particularly to someone like Billy, we've already sort of espoused that he's like unlikely to give away his starting lineups, but Billy does like to share some, uh, I guess, basketball philosophy. He goes on a long soliloquies about this. So what do you think he will say when you, Will, ask him, how do you, Billy Donovan, change the defensive scheme, if at all, without someone like Lonzo Ball starting a point guard? I mean, I would love to be able to provide that answer but I think that's a really tough one. I mean, they built this system, as we've talked about before, on two players that defend the point of attack. And when you lose one of them, it becomes very difficult to replicate what you're doing. I don't think the Bulls were ever going to finish top 10 in defense. I think it was going to fall off. I think they ended in like the mid to low 20s. And I think they're probably going to be better than that next year. That's part of the reason why I want to see Caruso in the starting lineup. Uh I think they, as we've talked about before, I think they need to drop back a little bit more and just play a more conservative approach. Um, To me, though, you know, I don't want to skip too far ahead in in our conversation here, but I think that really affects the offense more than the defense. Like, there aren't too many different ways you can play defense in the NBA. Like, you can play Mm -hmm. zone, you can 
like force the ball sideline on pick and roll. You can drop or you can trap or you can switch. They don't really have the personnel to be able to trap aggressively or switch. No. So it's going to continue to be that drop pick and roll defense that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the bigger question to me is, as we've talked about before, the Bulls really excelled in just a few ways offensively last year. Getting to the free throw line, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine were elite. Yep. Getting out in transition, Lonzo Ball was elite. And uh, shooting from the mid-range, effective field goal from the mid-range. I mean, they were just uh, off the charts in those three areas. And so when you lose Lonzo, you lose basically you know, one of the three things that made you great. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, you lose one of your two volume three-point shooters. Mm-hmm. And they really cannot afford to be last in the league in three-point volume by as wide a margin as they were last year. Yeah. I think they need to make it a point to just space the floor a little bit more, be more aggressive, not take, uh, you know, not pass up open threes and record scratch and dribble into contested twos. Like they need to be more intentional and just basically perfect when it comes to shooting the ball because they don't really have any margin for error. So when you remove one of the three things that you're good at offensively, which, you know, as a result of not getting out and not getting in passing lanes, tipping the ball out and getting out in transition, which is what Lonzo was so good at, you lose that, you have to make up for it in another way. And Billy has cited the four factors a handful of times when I've asked him about this, uh, you know, you don't want to be at a deficit getting to the free throw line, turning the ball over, uh, you know, uh, what, what are the other ones I'm missing right now? Getting the free throw line, turning the ball over, uh, effective field goal and offensive rebounds. Like they're not yeah. an offensive rebounding team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are not going to shoot at a high level from outside. So where do you make up for that? And mm-hmm. a lot of it's on DeMar to continue doing what he's done, but like, are there schematic changes that you can make? And I don't expect Billy to give me like, you know, specific answers to this, but I think that's going to be the question on my mind for, you know, the majority of the the early portion of the season. Well, I I think you mentioned the four factors, but I think one way that they can overcome this is on the offensive glass. You're going to have Patrick Williams, who I think in theory can be a good offensive rebounder, assuming he attacks the glass, uh, particularly if Vooch is spacing on on those certain positions. Like if it's Vooch, ending a offensive possession with a three-point attempt. There's no reason for Patrick to be sort of standing in the corner there, like go and crash the glass. Andre Drummond is a fantastic offensive rebounder. I'm expecting him to play 20 to 24 minutes a game. So in those instances, can you add, well, maybe not add, well, I, I guess you can't, yeah, you will add offensive rebounds in, in, if those guys get after it more so than what you did last season. But does that overcome the transition element? Maybe not. But I, I, one question that I would like you to field to Billy will is, is around the three point shooter, because I think one of the things that people often reference about Lonzo being gone is the fact that you lose this volume three point shooter. But as we've discussed on this podcast before, assuming people have listened, uh, that the Bulls were a bottom ranked team in terms of three point attempt rate when Lonzo played and remained that when Lonzo was out. Uh, yes, there was variances to that. They shot a, a little bit more when Lonzo was in, but, it's not like they were a top 10 team in terms of three-point attempt rate. They were still very, very bad. So a question that I would like you, on behalf of me, and please let them know it's on, on behalf of me, this idiot from you're Australia. Just trying to, like, you're just trying to question. eat what you kill, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe someone else can eat what I kill in that instance. Uh, but no, I, I would like you to ask Billy or AK, like how, how, do, you, how do you, as a team, try to keep up with the league, a league that continually is trying to force more three-point attempts when you were the bottom bottom five in three-point attempt rates with Lonzo, bottom five in uh, three-point attempts rate without Lonzo, didn't necessarily add much to your three-point shooting in the offseason. Is that an element of your offense that this team more generally is neglecting, which will continue to be neglected with Lonzo Ball out? Like that's That's a question that I want answered. Yeah, and I think, it, you know, that's in some ways, I think just like pointing out problems and I think that's fair to do. I'm also curious, like how they plan to solve it because well, that's, that's what I'm asking. Like yeah, I'm pointing out like, the problem, but you're the guys running this. Tell me how you solve. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I wish I was smart enough to have those answers. I, if I were me, I would have gone out and signed three point shooters or made 
trades for somebody, you know, does this mean Kobe White is going to get more minutes? Like you, you brought up more offensive reboundings and, and, and Andre Drummond playing 20 to 24 minutes a night. Like, how is that going to happen? Vooch is like going to play 28 minutes now, or they're going to play together. We don't want that. So like, yes, they sort of in theory have some answers. I don't think those answers are good enough, but what also, what does that mean for like the rest of their identity? And like, why are Mm -hmm. we, why are we having to change so much of the identity when the whole goal of this plan for continuity was to keep things the same. And so for me, I'm not sure we'll get an answer to that. I think it's going to be kind of a situation where we just have to wait and see and and actually look at some film and, and talk about it. But I'm just curious, like how much of a wrench is this Lonzo injury in the plan for continuity? Because uh, more than just missing him or, you know, losing out on his transition players, three-point shooting, or his, you know, I mean, Lonzo was the most well-rounded player on the team last year. He's the best defend, the best defender, arguably. Uh, he's the best two-way player. Um, I mean, when you don't have that, and your whole plan was to like be who you were at your best, and you don't, he's not going to be there. So what do you do? Like why? But then, but then why not go out and make other moves? Why not go and try to? <laughs> add talent or or make changes because continuity is really not on the table here given Lonzo's Lonzo's status well I mean you mentioned continuity and, and I'm, I again like obviously as as I mentioned before everyone's going to be asking about Lonzo Ball and Lonzo is linked to this continuity subject and this this buzzword that's uh, been beaming around the bull sphere over, over the last several months but uh, I'm tipping there's going to be a lot of questions asked around continuity and whether the absence of one player changes that and I think that's a fair question to ask. Like, and maybe the answer to that is no, it doesn't change anything because you still got Lonzo, you still got Tamar, you still got Vooch, you still got Patrick, you still got the the bench guys intact for for a large piece. So in that sense, continuity remains. And if Lonzo's hopefully optimistically only out for let's call it 15, 20 games, uh, maybe it's longer. But at this stage, I don't want to think beyond that. But if, if that's what they're planning, if that's what they're thinking, then maybe continuity does remain so it'll be interesting to see how they answer that and like this is a perfect question that i would imagine that you would ask ak as i mentioned before i'm pretty sure he's going to give you absolutely nothing because he generally gives you absolutely nothing so i don't know if eversley will be available but maybe that's a question that hopefully he could answer because he's maybe more inclined to maybe give some more some more nuggets away in that sense but like that's that's a really good question to ask the you know the people running this like does Lonzo's absence at the start of this season change the calculation around continuity? If he's still out by mid-January, does it change it then as we approach the trade deadline? Does does this one guy really change the dynamic of continuity or not? Or does it take something a little bit more sweeping of nature whereby maybe you trade Vooch and then continuity is no longer a thing because Lonzo's out, you've traded Vooch, it's really only uh, Levine and DeRozan at that point. So what does continuity mean? And more generally, like what what does continuity mean in terms of Vucevic? Like again, that's another question I would imagine. You know, the beat guys will be asking on behalf of all the fan base as to how does this all play out into continuity and what is the shelf life of continuity? Like, is it literally just the first few months of this season? Is it this season entirely? Is it beyond that? Like, I, I want them to clarify that point because continuity just made is a, as a general statement, as has been the case in the off season means absolutely nothing without some additional context. So I'm hoping we'll, you know, you're able to get to the bottom of that and that, um, you know, AK, Eversley, whoever it may be, can give us some more background as to what the hell continuity actually means. Cause at the moment to me, it means absolutely nothing. Yeah. And I want to talk about that context for a second, because we're asking these questions what happens to the offense? How do you how do you update your offense? How do you adjust to life without yeah. Lonzo? And same thing mm-hmm. for defense. How do you how do you change your defensive identity such that you can you know tread water while Lonzo mm-hmm. recovers from this third knee procedure? Um, those clash fundamentally with what the plan what what continuity means and and for the Bulls' plan to you know see what they have when their group is whole. They cannot do that when Lonzo is out. And so do they abandon ship? Like at what point do we start to look at, I mean, you said shelf life. I think that's a great way to put it. At what point do they start to say, look, we've 
done as much as we can, but we're like wasting the season here waiting for this guy. Do we make a trade for Vooch? Do we uh, decide this is the time to move Patrick? Do we decide, you know, there's like a million different directions they could go. But I think the, the major question for me, and I don't think we'll have this answered until we know really like how good the bulls are. There's a chance that they're really good coming out of the gate and, it's more of like a, oh, just wait and see when we're a 45, 46 win team right now. Just wait and see how good we look when Lonzo comes back situation. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I think that will be the case, but I think that's what the Bulls are hoping for. And if that's not the case, like at what point do we start to maybe turn towards the trade deadline and say, you know, we got to make some moves here. Vucevic is yeah. going to be an expiring contract. Iota mm-hmm. Sumu is expiring. We need to extend him. Kobe yeah. White is coming up on a rookie extension. Yeah. Uh, what do we do with all these guys? And we still, you know, a year and a half later, have not been able to figure out this idea of continuity. So to me, continuity was always a sort of sketchy plan. I was never fully bought, bought in on it. Um, nah. even, even if Lonzo would have been healthy, I'm not sure the Bulls can really like compete as currently constructed, I think they needed more help. Fine, mm-hmm. they didn't do that. But okay, now Lonzo's not there. You have to start to make some of those hard decisions at some point. And I'm curious what the tipping point will be. We won't have the answer to that, but that's really something I'm going to be looking out for over the course of the first, you know, 15, 20 games that Lonzo misses. But then certainly, you know, if and when he's able to come back, how do they look? Are they, at what point, you know, it, you could even frame it as like, okay, well, if Lonzo was healthy from the jump, how long would you give continuity before you started to make some changes? I think that question becomes even more pertinent now with Lonzo's injury status being still so murky. I think everything you noted there is fair and, and it's not wrong. And those draw, uh, broader general questions, I think for me at least, like they're questions that remain regardless of Lonzo. Like had Lonzo been playing you're still asking yourself about Vooch. Like, what do we do with Vooch? If had Lonzo been there or if he's not there, you're still asking your questions around Io, his status, Kobe, his status. Like, so fundamentally, all of these questions, they're there regardless. The main difference potentially is, or maybe there is no difference. Well, I don't know. Ultimately, that's for AK to answer. But like, where there is variability is maybe how the answers change to those questions. But at least from my perspective, at least like the questions remain. But at the same time, and I took a lot of shit on Twitter for this, but like, I just can't imagine that, or I can't believe, or I don't want to believe that someone like Lonzo can be, like Lonzo is a very good player. Someone that almost certainly helps you win basketball games. But I just can't believe a role guy like Lonzo can determine the the fate of your franchise to this degree that which we're discussing, not just we on this podcast here, but Bulls fans more generally, that this guy, Lonzo Ball, who's maybe your third best starter, maybe your fourth best starter, whatever the situation may be, however you want to argue about it. But like to me, he's a, he's a low-end starter, a very, very good player, a great role player, has limitations in his games, but brings a lot of elements to the Bulls as well. But like, this is a good player, maybe the 80th best player in the NBA. But can the 80th best player in the NBA really be this so, so valuable to your team that it's going to determine so many big macro elements of your team? And if so, like, what does that say about your team more generally? Like, if, in, if the 80th best player in the NBA is this important and this influential into what you do on the court this season, but also influential in terms of the type of team you're trying to build, what does that say about your team? Like to me, if, if the 80th best player in the NBA is that influential, it's actually a negative to your team that someone like that can be so important to your team. So like, what does that say about your team more generally? So and that's again, exactly think, why continuity has always been something that I've questioned because yeah, yeah, with Lonzo, uh, yeah. your team, I, I, agree with I think you. the answer, I, no, I know I'm just, I, I'm agreeing with you and just saying that like, look, e- even if, uh, I, I think I rate Lonzo, High, more highly than you do. I think he's a better player than 80th. I think the impact that he has on the game is obviously like more Draymond Green like, not like he is as good as Draymond Green, but the kind of impact that Draymond has for the Warriors. Obviously, he's not going out there and scoring 30 points a night. But when you lose your third or fourth starter, obviously you're not going to be as good. At the same time, it does point out some major fundamental structural flaws in the roster construction. I think both of those things are true. Um, and I think 
that's exactly what we're talking about here is like, okay, knowing that you've created your defense in such a way that Lonzo's strengths are highlighted to this degree and now you lose Lonzo. What does that mean for your defense and how does it change? But if we're talking about what does that mean and how does it change, this is not continuity. This is building a new philosophy, a new identity with the same pieces minus the one that that makes you good. So to me, uh, I think they need to be and I think they should have frankly already done this, but I think they, I, they need to be thinking about major pivots as early as, you know, November, December ahead of the trade deadline in terms of either adding more talent or realizing where they are in the East and maybe trying to get that pick back or trying to accumulate some more picks, because I think there's a real chance that this thing goes sideways because Lonzo is really, really good and really, really important. In addition to the fact that, you know, this team is so flawed from a roster construction standpoint that he causes you to to collapse and uh, implode in this way. Yeah, look, it's just an interesting one for me because, I mean, if this guy is so important to your team, then you can't have continuity without him then because there was always a high chance that he was not going to be ready to go for the season. Exactly. So that So that means continuity was not a thing that was potentially possible given the Bulls entered the offseason, espousing continuity, knowing that Lonzo was still out and hurt and still hurting and potentially needed another uh, surgery. So from that point of view, if he is that important to you, you can't have continuity. Now, conversely, if he's not that important to you in the sense that he's going to dramatically change the way you view things, then perhaps you have you can continue with things and, and have continuity. And if I'm AK and, and I've come out and said, continuity, 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 then... I have to assume that's how they feel about Lonzo, that yes, he's a key, important player, but his absence won't stop us from having the same expectations of being a team that sits in that five to nine range and hopefully can you know get into that fifth to, or sixth spot in the East, potentially high if, if things all break well. But if, if Lonzo is that, that important to this team, then it just puts into um, question a lot of the things that they've already said. So I'm, I'm hoping, like I said before, like that you, whoever it may be on the beat, ask these pointed questions to AK to really give some more context as to what continuity means and how Lonzo f- figures into that and or how the the evaluation or calculation of continuity evolves and changes as the Lonzo thing sort of and continues I, to I wanna add I wanna add one more piece to this, which is like clearly the Bulls thought they were getting Lonzo back, right? I mean, they wouldn't have waited Lonzo wouldn't have waited. The Bulls wouldn't have waited on this surgery unless they thought there was so? a chance he was going to be back. Well, I, I mean, yeah. If that's the case, then if they if they thought that's the case, then why bring in Dragic? Well, I think it got to a certain. This is kind of my point: is that it got to a certain point in free agency where all the major moves to be had had already happened, and they they waited too long. They couldn't do it. But by the time they realized that Lonzo Lonzo's status was a little bit less likely than they thought. Dragic was the only player they could have gone after. So in terms of making big moves, I think the timeline does sort of work out in a way that to me suggests, you know, they probably were hoping for continuity because they thought Lonzo would be back. And once they realized that wasn't hap- that wasn't going to happen, they couldn't just like, you know, blow it up or, um, you know, make some terrible trade out of desperation just because, they thought Lonzo was going to miss time. So I'm not sure, you know, at what point those, the, where was the like inflection point in those two um, ideas? But uh, yeah, I just, it's a tough decision because you are backed up against the wall here where you're not guaranteed a playoff spot. You're missing Lonzo for at least 20 games and more, more likely, you know, into the thirties or forties, if he's even to be able to come back at all. At what point do you start to look yourself in the mirror and say, we've got to make some changes, we've got to add some talent, or we've got to go the other direction? And I'm just very curious to see how early that might happen. Well, we'll, we'll uh, hopefully we'll find out the answers to that um, next week, I suppose. Media days next week, and as per your reporting, um, I'm hoping we get to the bottom of that. But before we uh, continue the show, Will, can we talk about FOCO for a minute? Yes, please. My friends at FOCO, if you're not aware, people in Chicago, you've got the best sports coverage here on CHGO. If you want to get fitted out with the best sports gear going around, 
then head over to foco.com. I'm still waiting on that Justin Fields bobblehead. I don't think it's going to be coming my way, unfortunately. Dude, fans, they, they got killed. <laughs> he threw the ball like 11 <laughs> times, and uh, they suck, and they lost. Yeah, he had like well, a forty-three last... passer rating. Like you're not getting that. You're not getting that bobblehead, my guy. I think last week we uh, made the made a bet offline, but in in lieu of this podcast, where I I was espousing that the Bears were going to destroy the Green Bay Packers, that Justin Fields was going to go and throw a twenty for thirty-two, have a one hundred seven QB rating. The uh, absolute opposite of that happens. So in that sense, I'm moving my stick away from Justin Fields, and I want to talk about. Will getting me Alonzo Ball bobblehead. <laughs> Maybe Alonzo is one. back before January 1st. I'll get you. <laughs> All right. Well, if, if Lonzo is back before January 1st, Will Power Gottlieb is going to jump on to foco.com and he's going to get me any any Lonzo merch and collectibles that I want. Well, that's where Will's going to go, foco.com. And if you want Alonzo bobblehead, if you want a Zach Levine bobblehead, if you just want to be decked out with apparel and look as cool as DeMar generally does. I mean, there is only one place to go. It's FOCO. So if you want to check out FOCO.com, you can click on the link in the description below uh, or head over to FOCO.com to get 10% off all non-presale items by using the promo code CHGO. It is that simple. Go to FOCO.com. The stuff that they've got up up there is, is so freaking awesome. I'm trying to be as minimalist as possible, not trying to have as much paraphernalia sort of sitting around this place, any memorabilia sitting around my house. But every time I go on to foco.com, that temptation starts swinging back. And I'm like, oh, I could do with a bobblehead or I could do with this random bulls, uh, this random bulls uh, sign or hoodie or whatever the situation may be. I want to get my hands on merch, but then I don't know. It's, it's a twist of ideals for me. But for you, if you're a big collector, if you're into merch, if you're into collectibles, go to foco.com. 10% off all non-presale items by using promo code CHDO. It is that simple. I can't wait to get my Alonzo bobblehead. Um, but I guess if that happens, that means Alonzo has to be back before January of 1. So we'll wait and see on that one. We'll keep that bet alive. But Mark, I, I notice a trend here where we make bets and the only thing that happens is I have to buy you something. So what are you getting me? What's the what's the next one? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm setting the terms here. You're more, you're more than welcome to set terms. You've just been coined doing so. Don't blame me for you sitting there and just taking the bet and, and not um, responding. That's not my fault. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a browse around foco.com and see if see what I want and then make a bet. Well, make sure you use promo code CHGO for ten percent off non presale items. And I think what I might get is a Chicago Bears sweatshirt. And if and when I do, I'm going to be wearing it to the first official CHGO Bears tailgate ahead of this Sunday's game against the Texans on September 25th. We are hosting a party, you guys, from 8 a.m. until noon when the game kicks off. And it is going to be an all-inclusive tailgate experience. We're hosting it at the corner of Michigan and Roosevelt. We're going to have a food truck. We're going to have brews we're gonna have booze we're gonna have games we're gonna have music from a local dj and it's 34 dollars. and you know why it's 34 because of sweetness the lot is 15 minutes away from soldier field so you can walk through grant park afterwards en route to the game uh, we also have parking but spots are limited um, i just got my ticket from our gm jake so i'm going i will be there and parking in the lot uh, those spaces are going fast so make sure that you sign up soon. To do so, just go to allchgo.com to reserve your spot. And we will also post the link to the event in the description to this podcast. You guys should really come. It's going to be a lot of fun. I will be there. Matt and Dave will be there. I'm giving Joey a ride there. uh, So I know he'll be there. And the the whole CHGO Bears crew, it's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you come through. Do you know the one one thing I miss, Will, about whilst I very much enjoyed having Bulls HQ Fridays here on CHTO with you and me. The one thing I have missed, it's not Matt Peck and his hatred for Aaron Rodgers. Peck, if you're listening. I do miss Dave, but I was not necessarily where I was going with this. I actually miss Joey. This is not a producer, yeah. a producer, a producer-based show. We do this on ourselves. So I don't necessarily get to converse with Joey like you guys do every week or every day of the week. So when, when I hear Joey popping up on your, your shows on you know Monday through Thursday... I get a little bit sad to be honest with you, but um, it's I'm so hoping the young cool. lad's keeping well. 
it's so cool to have a producer and cause I've never had a producer before this job. Uh, but yeah, I mean, producers just are unsung heroes. Like they do so much amazing stuff and Joey is legit the best of all of them. So we are very appreciative of Joey, both with the CHGO Bulls HQ pod and also our normal CHGO show. Joey's the man. And you come hang out with him at the CHGO Bears tailgate on Sunday. Do so. He's a good lad, as is William and the rest of the boys um, and girls at the, was it the Bears Texans? Is that, Bears are Texans. we going Bears 2 and 1? I'm feeling it. I'm yeah, the Texans it. are worse than the Bears. They should be. Yeah, I feel like Justin Fields, um, he's going to redeem me this week. That, that 20 of 32 and 107 QB rating, I was more so suggesting that was going to happen for the Texans game. My profiteering uh, okay. was off slightly, but I feel like it's more applicable to this game than this, though, the last one that was How really about bad. this? <laughs> if, if, if Justin Fields put up, puts up the stats that you mentioned for mm-hmm. last week, you can buy me a Bears hoodie. From Foco.com? From Foco.com. All right. I'll, do, we have, I'll, uh, do we have a handshake deal? Yeah, I'm shaking your... Virtually, I'm shaking your hand right now. Yeah, people can't see that, but you can see that, hopefully. Uh, I will definitely not live up to that bet, but yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. But let's plug on. We'll, we'll, let's keep going because um, we've, we've only got like maybe five minutes left. I'm keeping you longer than I should have at this stage. But let, <laughs> let, let's round out the, uh, the show with a couple of quick fire topics in terms of other non-Lonzo-specific type questions that you expect... Um, you know, you expect to be asking or potentially others to be asking or the questions more generally that, that that are going to be sort of received by players and personnel on media day. So maybe you can give me, you know, your top three or five non-Lonzo uh, questions or storylines you expect to, to dominate the, uh, the the media day landscape. Obviously, I think uh, Vucevic and his extension is a big one. Um, so that's certainly one that will come up. But I think also just beyond that, as we've kind of addressed with like changing the identity, like how can we start to get Vucevic in spots to perform better? Like what do you do from an offensive standpoint to try to implement uh, a game that is more conducive to success for him? Because he talked about it. uh, Billy talked about it since he came to the bulls. He has not been playing the same role where, you know, that he was in the magic where he was playing so well. So um, I don't think he will play in that sort of like everything through the post uh, type of offense that they ran in Orlando. But are there things that you can do to give him some more confidence? I mean, he was terrible from three. He was terrible from the mid range. He was very solid at the rim, but like, how do you, how do you create an offense that can, that Vooch can thrive in a little bit more? Um, I think the IO contract situation is also super interesting because as we, get closer to next season as in like every day that passes um, I start to feel more comfortable with paying IO than Vooch. And so, you know, assuming the bulls don't go into the tax because we know they're not going to go into the tax. (laughs) How do they keep both of the, both of those guys and, or, you know, who do they prioritize? How much do you give to IO? I feel like he's going to be, I mean, he's going to get starter money. He's just, that's, that's how he's going to, that's like what he's going to demand, I think. So I think he could be in the like 15 million range. And, I, you know, for the next couple of years, I think I'd be more comfortable paying IO 15 million than Vooch. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I, I had that on my list. Um, if I were you, I'd be certainly be asking Vooch. Um, whether I'm asking Vooch directly or AK, like, again, maybe it's linked to the whole continuity thing. But where, where are you guys at with the Vooch extension, assuming there's one happening at all? Like, are you going to agree to one? Before the season commences, I most definitely is, is something I'd be asking about. Um, even Kobe, man, like he, he's he, we, we kind of forget that Kobe's in year four. Like we all just assume that he's gone, but is that is that true? Like I mean, we, we need to ask and find out, I guess. And it'd be interesting to see what they say about that. But like another thing, that he's I one think- of two players on the team that can shoot. Kobe is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like insane. They need him. They need Kobe White. It's an odd one because, like, they need him, but they need him because they've done nothing around them to to sort of make him replaceable in that sense. But, like, 
because of that, like he's become valuable in that. Like, but is he truly valuable? It's he's he's question. fallen ass backwards into value. Into yeah, no, into it's, value. It's, it's, an, it's an odd one. It's an odd one. But like he he's in year four now. Like this is a situation similar to Lowry now. So like that would be a question. Like what 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 are you planning on doing with Kobe? And is it similar to the Lowry marketing situation where I don't know? Like are, are you looking to deal him at the trade deadline? And if not, what, what happens? So like they're all pointed questions. But like. I mentioned this three-point attempt rate more generally about the team, but like I'd be asking Patrick Williams, like, what have you done in the off-season to to go from being one of the lowest players on the Bulls in terms of three-point attempt rate to, you know, potentially being one of the highest? What have you done to to improve in that area, uh, particularly with Lonzo being out? Like we, we've talked about before, like, um, you know, replacing the skills that Lonzo does bring one of the ways that they can get up their three-point three volume that you're losing with Lonzo is having Pat take five, six, seven threes a game. And that's what I want him to do. I think that's what he needs to do for this specific team. He's not going to have the ball in his hands a lot uh, in terms of playmaking out of pick and roll. So, like, how can you be effective when the ball swings to you? Obviously, you can put the ball in the deck and get into the lane, but can you take some open jump shots and do so at a at a, at more regularity than you have in the past? So I'd, I'd be interested to see how he responds to that question. So, well, maybe you can ask him that on my behalf. Say, this Australian douchebag on a podcast asks, how can you, Patrick Williams, shoot more threes? And um, I'm interested to hear what he will say to that. I'm hoping he's improved his release and that he's been really working on his three-point shot more than anything else, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I think I'll cite all of the, uh, the sick clips that we're seeing on YouTube of him working out one-on-zero as uh, evidence that he has, in fact, sped up his release. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are these are the main questions when you think about like what is up with the Bulls. I think the the one remaining that we haven't talked about today, but we've talked about in the past, is like what's next for Zach? What happens? Like he's got his max contract. He has established himself as a two time All Star. Yeah. He has made the playoffs. Like, how do you level up now, Zach Levine? Because they're paying you to be the number one dude on a good team. How do you level up? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good one. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if this is a question as well that you would ask him or if you'd get a good response for it or whether it'd be a tactical one, but like you're now getting paid, let's just call it $40 million. Uh, you've gone from a situation where your money is doubled. You're already somewhat of a malign player. Your money is doubled now. Do you feel the noise or the expectation of the city growing because of that? Like that'll be interesting to see how he responds to that. And I think that's going to be a storyline, maybe not necessarily on media day, but like throughout the year, like if Zach has another very good year, but doesn't maybe take that leap to that top 10, top 15 type player who some people believe you have to be, to be earning the money that he is. I'm, I'm interested to see how the noise around Levine changes. And there is still that, you know, underbelly of, uh, of doubters of, of non-believers of Zach Levine. I think that may grow in the event that he has another really good season, but he's just like a top 25 or top 30 guy and he's earning $200 million. I think it'll be silly, but nonetheless, I think that's um, something that we'll be talking about or responding. And by the way, Zach Levine's arthroscopic <laughs> knee, knee procedure that he had this this year, this mm-hmm. summer, was mm-hmm. on the same knee that he had the ACL. Like We're talking a lot about Lonzo because he has not been able to come back. Zach knee, Zach's knee, I think, is not nothing you know like you don't just go under the knife just to do it i think that's why we had such a big delay for alonso so uh i think his health and his ability to basically just get better in every facet of the game so that he can become a top 15 or 20 player in the league i I think that's a huge storyline for the bulls he does not have the luxury of you know sort of being option 1b to damar for very much longer i think he needs to really become the go-to guy yeah, definitely agree. Definitely agree. Oh, let's call it here, Will. Uh, I'll, it's your, your Friday evening. Um, not really, but it is. <laughs> people hush. People don't know what it's not, but nonetheless, it is. Um, but I'll, look, I'll let you get away. It's your weekend. Go go have a nice Friday evening meal. Uh, enjoy your weekend because you've got a big Monday coming up. Well, you've got a big Sunday coming up. You'll be at Bears Tailgate as everyone listening. To I hope listening. I make it to Monday. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday is going to be something. Well, I, I hope you make it to Monday and make it to your first media day, but um, don't go too hard on Sunday. But nonetheless, enjoy Sunday and, uh, yeah, enjoy Monday. And I'll be uh, very interested to see how it all plays out, waking up to many Gottlieb tweets 
about um, what Billy has said. Why? Um, and I'm really looking forward to you asking all these amazing questions that I've that I've fielded. Using yeah, you've done half the work for me. That's, exactly. That's I'm, I'm I'm happy to do that. Uh, I'm interested to see the answers that you get from my incredible questions. But nonetheless, let's call it a day. You know where to follow him at Won't Got Leave. If you're not doing it already, do it now because you're going to be getting some fundamentally great stuff from William this upcoming season more generally. But on, on Monday, on Media Day, you want to be following uh, Will. If you want to follow me to um, for whatever freaking reason, like at, at, M- at MK Hoops, I just tweet nonsense. But um, yeah, that's where I'm at. We are at CH- CHGO underscore balls. You know where to get us. Come uh, to the Bears tailgate on Sunday. Come back to the podcast. On YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get it, go back on Monday. Matt Peck, Big Dave, and William will be having your wrap-up of all things Media Day. But um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to CHTO Bulls this week. We'll be back Monday. Speak then, Bulls fans.